Hi, Louie Anderson here. You're listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Listen at your own risk. My name's Jeff. And this is Benjamin. And we named our band the Missionary Position because Northwest Convergence Zone was already taken. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Big D here with you as always every week. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We got a big show for you today. It is stellar. If I don't say so myself, we're excited about it. Uh, unfortunately, Joe can't be here today. He had a uh, illness in the family that he's tending to, and we wish him the best of luck. But my man Double D is here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. But I'm just wondering about your uh, raspy voice there. I don't know what happened, man. Uh, must have been Hemp Fest yesterday. Man. <laughs> you say the word man? Hey, man, I think it was Hempfest, man. I think it was. Uh, let's say hello to Squeeze and Wonder Boy. Thank you, guys. Stellar job you're doing back there. Maybe they should be talking because uh, I am having a tough time. But that's all right because I kind of sound like uh, Barry White. Who? <laughs> yeah, who? Uh, all right, hey, we had a, a monster day yesterday and it's continued through today and it will continue on through tonight as every most people know we taped this show on a sunday double d tell us about our day yesterday and what what an amazing it was like an iron man jeff hamill from sweet kiss said you guys are doing like an iron man of baseball marathon i don't know we start i started out at hemp fest this morning or yesterday morning i'm still going seeing like state of uh state of murdoch saw deborah page uh, saw some of the fun police, Foxy Vallejo. Then we went out, went down to the Taste of Tacoma, and uh, saw Gabriel Rutledge, comedian. great comedian yep. there. Been saw the Joe show. Larson, we Joe? had on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Great show. Turn around, drove over to. Uh, came by and picked me came, up. Picked him up. Went back down to Hemp, Hemp Fest. Fest. Uh, saw a couple of rap groups. What were their names? Uh, Mr. Dog and Q Dot. Yep, Q Dot. They nailed it. Everybody yeah. was into that. And of course, then, while we were there, we saw the Falcons. We didn't see them perform, but we saw, saw the, Falcons. the Falcons. Sweet Kiss Mama, Legend of Bigfoot, Big Wheel Stunt Show. Um, yeah. Who else did we see? I uh, think- was that it? We saw I think there? that's all we saw okay. there. So, so then we turned around and went back to the Taste of we Tacoma. We go to the Taste of Tacoma. Saw Mike O'Neill. Mike O'Neill ripped it up on the KMPS country stage. stage. That was fun. And then we turned around and ran back down to downtown Tacoma. Up to the vault. Up to the vault. And saw the Perry Acker Band. Awesome set. And Roman Holiday. What a great show. And then from there... <laughs> If there's, not, there's, there's more, more folks. There's, there's more. more. <laughs> then we went down to the new, uh, frontier. The new frontier and saw Vallis. Yes, down there. It was the Hemp Fest uh, after, after party, party. and uh, that's where we hit the wall. And we didn't know our name, where we lived, what city we were in, or what time zone it was. <laughs> yeah, and I really think that whole ordeal has to do something to do with our voices. Uh, I might have harsh. something to do with it, but yeah. and then today we're we taping our show, yep. and as soon as we're done here, heading down to the Swiss, the fabulous. Whalers. The fabulous whalers, man. I mean, what a stellar weekend. It's been a lot of fun, and that may have something to do with uh, with the uh, 
yeah, our voices or whatever. But hey, let's get into the show because that's what we're all here for. And today we have uh, amazing first guests. Let me just tell you a little bit about why we're interviewing him because tonight or today, this Sunday, the uh, 26th, and then tomorrow, Monday, the 27th, at the Parlor Live Comedy Club in Bellevue, Washington, they have a stand up boot camp going on. And it's uh, Kyle Cease, who is a well-known comedian from Seattle, who was also in uh, Not Another Teen Movie and 10 Things I Hate About You. You guys might remember him. He was the slow clapper guy who was always looking for the appropriate place to do the slow clap, couldn't figure it out. Uh, Very, very funny guy. And Louis Anderson. These guys go around the country and for, it's not that much, man, to sign up for this thing. And the next time they come through, I'm going. And they talk about marketing and comedy and how to get book yourselves in clubs and all that stuff. And it's an intense two, sometimes three-day workshop. But it's in uh, Bellevue this weekend. And our friend BJ Shea is a, a guest this week. And we caught up with the big man himself, Louis Anderson, and we were really proud about that, and he was a super nice guy, and this is how that went. Hey, Louis, how's it going? I'm great, Big D. How are you? Oh, I'm perfect, Louis. How's good to- your convergence zone? It's converging. We're all we're here wow. together. Fantastic. Yes, sir. And uh, I understand you're coming to town this week for a big event, and it's in conjunction with one of Seattle's own, Kyle Cease. Tell us about the stand-up boot camp. This is our fifth boot camp, or we just finished our fifth, and this is our sixth. I don't know, you lose track at some point. (laughs) Um, But we've been doing uh, two-day and three-day and four-day events. We will probably not do any more four-day because the four-day thing just worked out over a holiday weekend. But uh, we do two-day and three-day. One, uh, two-day is conquering the stage. Two is creative license, and then we do a five-day mastery in August at the Comedy Store in Las Los Angeles. And stand-up boot camp is a chance for people to come and get their careers into shape, you know, get them into the idea of what marketing just might be. You know, what we do is we offer a two-day seminar on everything from point of view to how do I market in 2010 as opposed to, you know, the marketing when I was coming up and how much it's changed and how lucky you really are to have everything available to you. And we talk about out-of-the-box marketing along with, uh, you know, how to take your career to the next level. And and really, I talk a, a great deal about my 30 years in the business and the help I got from Rodney Dangerfield, Joan Rivers, Henny Youngman, Johnny Carson, you know, I can name a, a Howie Mandel, you know, all these people who, who were really, who welcomed me with an open, with open arms, you know, the Comedy Store and the Improv and all these different places that really, um, I was very lucky to have so many uh, people who reached out to me and, and tried to help me. Uh, Jimmy Walker was a giant help to me getting into the comedy store. He was a fan of my work and uh, made the owner sit down and watch me. So I talk uh, extensively about my experiences and how I took stand-up comedy and was able to um, do several specials for HBO and Showtime, do a cartoon show, uh, write three books, have several pilot, you know, uh, 
for sitcoms and uh, just a you know a host of other things, along with working at the White House with two presidents and doing my show there and winning a couple of Emmys. I've just really been lucky, and the luck was part of it, you know. But I really worked hard. I have to say, I really did work really hard at making my career line up with the things that were available. Now, I saw the, um, I looked at the website. We're going to have a link to that off of, uh, off of our website to the Stand Up Boot Camp webpage website. And I looked at the video, and the one thing that struck me is it's not all fun and games. You guys are very serious, and it reminded me a lot of what, you know, some of the comedians who come in here that we talk to, and, and they say it's grueling work. And I remember Steve Martin saying comedy is not pretty. It's a pretty serious, intense two- or three-day workshop, isn't it? Well, we call it a boot camp for a reason. <laughs> you know, um, it's not funny business. I mean, we have a lot of laughs, don't get me wrong, but you know what it is? It's a place for people who are serious about their careers to work on that. Now, look at your business. You work every day at making sure you keep your thing going there because you have to. Because there's a lot of competition, especially now worldwide. And so you've got to keep your game sharp. And you've got to make your radio show clicking on all cylinders. And what I talk to everybody about is, do you have a plan with your career? Uh, the other day I asked how many people in the room had a plan. Not more than five raised their hand. And so I was shocked by that. Because if you do not have a plan, you do not know where you're going. <laughs> That's true. You know, when people say, I want to become famous, right. they're, they're done for. It doesn't just happen overnight just by winging it, does it? Well, it, even if it would happen overnight, you still would have a plan. That's correct. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you were struck by lightning and then people went, hey, he's interesting. Let's put him in that movie, which is <laughs> unlikely. But, <laughs> you know, I think really what I'm trying to say is, a lot of people become overnight successes. Yes. But they worked a long time to get to that night. That is true. That is true. We have a lot of people that roll through here who are chasing that dream. And uh, you're right. Some have plans, some don't. And sometimes you just scratch your head and you wonder. Um, but let me just, you, you referenced a lot of your, um, your beginning and your early days. I'd just like to ask you, take you back for a moment to uh, 1981. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you were a uh, counselor. You were working with uh, at-risk teens. And you entered a competition that was hosted by Henny Youngman. You won it, and he hired you as a writer. It's true, except for one thing. I came in third. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I think a publicist puts I won it. <laughs> <laughs> I always correct it because I know it's a silly thing to correct in some ways because it wouldn't make any difference to any of us. But it's important to be honest, in my opinion, about what you've accomplished. Because if I have a dishonest story I'm telling you, yes, then I've got a dishonest story I'm telling myself. Right. Well, nothing wrong with third place. You eventually were no, the big I, winner. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people who came in second on American Idol had bigger careers than the winners. <laughs> you are kidding there. You know, because listen, winning a contest could be because of your hair. That's true. You know, when it comes right down to it. I mean, you must have talent, but one guy might have better hair. Right, or whiter teeth or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Now, do you the thing that's really important. Do you remember yeah. the first joke when Henny Youngman hired you? Do you remember the first joke that you wrote for him that he actually used? 
Um, my grandson is so fat that when he leaves the room, he has to take two trips. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that make you feel? To I assumed you watched it, you saw me. You... I thought I should have kept that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very proud of it, but you know, uh, Henny was a really great guy to take me under his wing. He said at the contest, "You should have won. You should have won. You should have. You were robbed." <laughs> <laughs> well, he must have thought highly because he hired you. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, he did, and you know, he always endorsed me too. He sent me a letter. Right away, that upped my ante. I mean, imagine when I was sending out press, along with it would be a letter from Henny Youngman to whom it may concern, this kid's funny. Yeah, who's not going to pay attention to that, right? Yeah. And look at, after 31 years, isn't it? That is amazing. 29 years, huh? You're still mentioning it. Absolutely. No, I think it's absolutely... What, What does that mean? And that's what I talk to these guys about. These young men and women who are taking a giant risk to change their life absolutely you know because people we can all you know and it isn't it isn't that giant of a risk either big d do you know what it really is what is it's it an action you have it's to take action and a decision followed by an action right i go to the website i sign up and then the action is i show up if you show up i will help you and you know what? If you guys, I can't make it this time, but I'm guaranteeing you that if you, when you come back around, I'm there. I'm not a stand-up comedian, but I find it fascinating, and I'm willing to pony up to be there. You do not need to be a stand-up comedian. We have had several people use this to take their radio. There were wedding singers who took it. There were professional big-time MCs that do all kinds of corporate stuff. There were uh, people who owned a, a card company that dealt with an entertainment. There was uh, party planners. Listen, I'm telling you, there are so many applications to this. Take out the word stand-up. Right. And this is really, this is really something that will help everybody uh, be inspired. Now, remember this. I was a guest at the first boot camp I ever went to, a guest speaker. And I stuck around and I got inspired again about my career after 30 years. So that's why I joined Kyle in this journey. That's awesome. In fact, I think we're going to be talking to Kyle a little later on. Let me just ask you this as well, um, because I remember this night, 1984, you're standing in the wings at The Tonight Show. It's your first television appearance. Johnny Carson announces you. What are you feeling as you're standing back there? Well, one of the things I thought was, this curtain looks a lot better on TV than it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know those kind of crazy things you think about? Right, right. And then I thought, why is this curtain so bright? Well, I had no idea they had already turned a spotlight on it. Oh. So that they would be ready for when I entered. Right. But I thought, why is this? Is this thing not supposed to be this bright? <laughs> you know? And all I thought about was, now don't miss your mark out there, Louie. Right. If you notice, every comic, including me, when they walk out there their first time, when they get about halfway to it, they look down to make sure they get their mark. I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> was, was there an X the down there? What we want to do is we want to do good for Johnny Carson or anybody like that because we are performers. Absolutely. We want to do well. Performers, you know, and I remind all those students, you want to do well. And guess what, students? Guess what, people? The audience is equal. They want you to do well. Look at how much uh, 
apart the audiences in your success, don't alienate an audience, you know? Yeah. Welcome them. You know, so many people attack the audience or tell them how dumb they are when they're not doing well on stage. And I always <laughs> think, you're really going to regret that. <laughs> because there's going to be 25% of those people, no matter how funny you are, are never going to come and see you again. Oh, it's totally true. I've seen a lot of stand-up. You know, I've had it happen to me. Really? People say, do you want to go see that person? I go, no, they're mean. They're, they're mean to the audience. I'm not in, into that. Really? Because no, I didn't. I didn't pay thirty dollars to sit in a room to be berated. Right. Now some people do go for that. You know, there are a few people who sit up front who like that abuse. But <laughs> I've never really cared about that. Yeah, Richard Belzer comes to mind as far as <laughs> yeah, he's he, a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, but he, he was so the, happy for all his success. You know. Yeah, he was the what king of letting people know. He is. Yeah, he was the king of letting people know where they sat, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But you know, Richard never had a mean bone in his body, really. He said all that stuff, but he was just doing an act. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Bells is a great guy, man. Bells is a great guy. I want to say, I, I want to bring this up, too, because I really don't. I was surprised by this, and I didn't know that you had such a big heart, Louie. I mean, I, you're very, very funny. You've always been one of my favorite and funniest comedians out there, without a doubt. Thank Big D. Absolutely. No, I, I've seen you live several times, always enjoyed it. I, I would go in a heartbeat. But as I was doing some research, I noticed that you have a very charitable heart as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you gave $75,000 post-9-11 to the NYFD, the NYPD, and you did a benefit concert for a lot of the wives who lost their husband. And on top of that, you also co-founded Hero, which is just doing some research on that. That is an amazing organization, Hero, Homeless Empowerment Relationship Organization. Well, you know, I really care about, you know, the families of the great men who risked their lives and lost them, and women in the, uh, you know, fire department in New York there and and also the uh, police department and hero you know a lot of people might not know this but I have a brother who is homeless due to mental illness and so I always thought that maybe if I could help somebody who's out there that somebody else could help my brother because you can't always help the people who are closest to you right and so this program and I was just talking to Senator Harry Reid's assistant uh, Chris Anderson uh, here in Vegas about um, starting the HERO program here in Las Vegas and to try to make it a national program because HERO doesn't really want to have its own headquarters. We want to work out of already existing places. We don't want to become um, we don't want to become a national organization that has, is top-heavy. We want to become a program that we're always hoping we will be able to shut down at some point. Uh, what we do is we homeless empowerment relationship organization, and it's a mentoring program where you might spend 90 minutes a week with a homeless person, helping them figure out where they're at and making a plan for themselves. Because if you're homeless, you probably have mostly homeless friends, and that isn't going to help you get off your uh, out of your situation. Uh, you know, you're gonna you can't get you can't get on your feet if you you know, have all, all these other people who are in the same boat. Uh, you aren't going to be able to figure out how to make out an application and how to 
clear up a warrant from a ticket. You aren't going to be able to figure out how to get help if you have a mental illness problem. You aren't going to be able to figure out how to get some help if you have a chemical dependency problem. Listen, here's how people become homeless. They lose their job. They lose their apartment or house. And then they stay at a friend's for a while. And then they live in their car. And then they have to sell the car because they need money. And then they're homeless. Right. Just like that. It can happen to anybody. It can. 70 million people in this country are one paycheck away from being homeless. Well, and I also noticed with the HERO program, you have a food bank, clothing distribution program, a program for teens, uh, for pregnant women in their third trimester. It is, that is a full-on help center, and I applaud you for that, Louie. Thank you very much. No, I, I think... It's coming up, you know, and I appreciate it. I would hope that you'll put a link on your site to Hero that would people could send donations. And everybody who sends a donation, I'll send them a signed copy of my book. Oh, well, we'll definitely put a link on our yeah, webpage. send a donation to Hero, I'll autograph a, a hardcover copy of the F Word, How to Survive Your Family. Yes, I love that um, book. <laughs> to them. Well, my donation's in the mail, and we will put a link up because I would like an autographed copy of and your book. They would just send you, when they've made a donation, send you the information uh, that they did that, um, you know, with the copy, you know, you know, so that we can verify it somehow, or sure, I just don't. I don't even know if we need to verify it. No, I trust that people will do it. Oh know? no, we'll we'll we'll. I'm not worried about verifying it. You know what? Everybody who makes a donation to Hero, mm-hmm. you send the information to your radio station. You'll forward it on. And I'll mail them the book. How's that? Perfect, Louie. That's a very generous offer, and trust me, we're going to get some people to send some cash to Hero. Yeah, and uh, you know. You know, as somebody said to me once, Louie, you know, sometimes when you give money to a homeless person, they're going to use it for alcohol or drugs. And I always say to them, well, 95% of the time that might be true, but what about the 5% who's taking it home to his kids who are living under a bridge? That's a very good point. Because God, listen, I'm not the judge here of what they do with the money. Right. I'm either going to be generous and give it, or I'm not. Exactly. But it isn't going to be on a conditional basis. As soon as you make your charity conditional, you're not. You're no longer being charitable. Yeah, then your love is conditional. Yeah, this is, you know, listen, we're only as strong, big D, as our weakest link in this society. And our homeless situation is atrocious. Well, and I, again, I applaud you. Daily. Yes, and I applaud you for reaching out, uh, somebody of your stature, uh, with your busy schedule, to take time out and have such a big heart uh, for something like this that's obviously close to you. Yeah. Uh, D, that big D, I would, I would be all in favor of helping uh, start a homeless program in your area. You know, with your show maybe being behind it, and me coming up there and doing a show sometime, and you know, listen. We just want to help, and I know you do, too. I do, and let, we'll talk about that at some All point. Right. That'll be great. It all starts with just, you know, at least a conversation, right? Absolutely. Just a, a couple of quick things, Louie. I know your yeah, time I'm is short. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on so long. No, no, that was great. I, I, I brought it up, and I, I wanted to hear from you about it. Yeah. Let's talk about my favorite cartoon of all time. It was great daddy-daughter time. 
in uh, 96 to about 99. Life with Louie. Are we going to... All right. Yes, there's Louie. Big D, huh? Oh. Louie's dad. Big D? Louie. I'm a lot more fun to talk to than Louie. <laughs> Convergence, I had that on my leg once. That's hard to heal. <laughs> it's hard to get off, isn't it? Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Are we going to see a DVD box set here sometime? We're working on it with Disney right now, and I'm writing a movie with the co-creator. Oh, perfect. Life with Louie movie to bring Life with Louie back, you know? Perfect. He, he's a little older now. Yes, and, but... Uh, we want to see the rest of his life. But Life with Louie was the king in my house. I loved that. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, Big D, if you uh, send me an email, Louie at standupbootcamp.com, I will send you a Life with Louie something. You are too generous, my man. Yeah, I got stuff, you know, I kept stuff, you know, that some of the little things. and Well, um, email on its way, trust me. <laughs> address and I'll send it out to you. That would, that would be amazing. Yeah. Now, is it true that you are ending your uh, Excalibur run? Yes, I uh, had a wonderful, successful four and a half years. I was made an offer by the uh, Stations Casino. Right. I was stationed at oh. Louis Anderson's own showroom so you're moving just across town yeah i'm just moving across oh town. i was scared for a moment i saw the press release oh, on man, that i've always been able i've been very fortunate made me I nervous i did my very first tonight show you I may have been working yes well you made me nervous louie yeah no i'm i'm working <laughs> but i do and and am interested in doing more boot camp stuff absolutely more stuff where i can really help people because really you know i've had a lot of great success and i love doing stand-up comedy Yes. No joy is bigger than to meet these young stars that are going to be stars and to be able to help them not to have to navigate such a rocky road, uh, not just uh, a rocky road in show business, but as a comedian, you're a complex individual. And that rocky road, emotionally, because of your own insecurities and thoughts and, and the artistries, you know, the artist is oftentimes... Uh, a complex person with a, with a lot of uh, flaws and difficulties, or at least things they think are flaws. And sometimes it takes somebody who's been through it to say, hey, you'll be okay. Well, and I think it's great that you guys are doing that because there are a lot of people who are aspiring to become either stand-up comics or, like you said, MCs or any type of uh, uh, you know public personality. And you're right. A lot of insecurities come into play on that, and you start getting doubts, and uh, people tell you things, and sometimes you tend to believe them. And the fact that you guys can be there to uh, shape them up at boot camp, I think it's great. Yeah, you know, mostly, you know, what I want to do is reach out to them and let them know they're not alone with the struggle. Right. As you know, it's tough. You know, we had a gentleman at one of the boot camps who has uh, had uh, a lot of military service in in active combat and had a lot of difficulties with some of his relationships and we were talking about trying to find the comedy and all that right and uh, he was having a real hard time with them and I with it and I said uh, you know we really care about you and as long as it takes you know we'll continue to help you try to find it because he had a lot of personality and charisma on stage I didn't want him to give up on himself because it might be the ultimate therapy that you know he needs 
you know, yeah, you know, you might need that confidence. It could be very cathartic for him. Yeah, I, you know, it was very cathartic for me, Big D. Yes, my books, very cathartic for me. Life with Louie, hugely cathartic for me. I think about my parents in that situation I grew up in <laughs> fondly now. Eleven kids. With a great amount of love and admiration for my parents. Right. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that, you know, they had gone through and worked so hard themselves. Right. You don't realize that as a kid. You tend to blame the people, you know, but I have great admiration and respect. And thank God I had such a rich family material-wise, you know. <laughs> it's provided a lot for you, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, before we let you go, Louie, because uh, I know you you have better things to do than to chat with Big uh, D. This has been a wonderful time, and I never have uh, I never have better things to do than to talk to another great, you know, I, I just think you're a great human being. Oh, well, I appreciate you know, that, Louie. You're really, I think you care about what you do, and you're trying to do something different with your show. And I think it matters, and I think you're in a great place, and I think that's why it was no problem for me when I met you to go, yeah, I could do this guy's show. He's a decent human being. You can tell. Well, thank you, Louie. Those are very kind words. I appreciate it. But before we let you go, we have to do what we call the Big Ten. It's just ten quick questions. All right, let's do it. All right, Louie Anderson, the Big Ten. What kind of car do you drive, Louie? Uh, currently Nothing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Do you, you want Do you want me to tell you the last car? I drove? Sure. Tell us the last car you're driving. I drove a Mercedes. Nice. Uh, your favorite food, my man? Mm, I have to say toast. Toast. Buttered <laughs> toast. That's a good Midwest dinner. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's nothing like a buttered toast and a cup of coffee. That's true. Uh, Louis, your first paying job ever? Uh, Shopper City. Uh, in Minnesota, it was named Shopper Cities. It was kind of like a Kmart. Yes. Unloading trucks that <laughs> came in. I worked for four hours. <laughs> and you said and that's it. Lunch and I never returned. Very good. We're glad you didn't. Uh, you're, if you're into sports at all, I don't know, what's your favorite team? I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a big NBA uh, fan. Um, I'm a big Lakers fan. Oh, you got to be happy. The only way I can really justify being a Lakers fan is the Lakers were originally from Minnesota. That's, That's right. Where they got the name, the Minneapolis Lakers. There are no lakes in L.A. <laughs> and uh, I'm a huge fan of, of, of uh, great basketball, you know. So I'd have to say uh, the Lakers. But I have to say my favorite team are the Minnesota Twins. There you go. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I've seen yeah, you wear the... I have the, to say the Minnesota Twins are my favorite team. Yeah, the last time I saw you, you were wearing the, the Twins jersey. Absolutely. You know, I support I support my hometown. Very good. What's the first album you ever bought? Um, Eric and the Animals. No, not bad. I think A House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was... A lot of scratches on that album. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing too close, you that tends to happen. <laughs> what for you right now is a can't-miss TV show? Uh, Modern Family. Oh, very good. One of the funniest shows I've ever seen. What's the last movie you saw? The last movie was The Messenger. Oh, I don't think I've caught that yet. I'll go see it uh, with Woody Harrelson and Ben Foster. Right, so it gets the Louie thumbs up. Yes. Very good. Uh, it's a very important moving movie. 
I'll have to check that out. What is the last concert you attended? Uh, the last concert, music concert, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Uh, it could be any concert, but yeah, probably music. Uh, man, I work so much. Let me just think, what was the last concert I was at? Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, it'll be here. <laughs> the last um, or you can name a favorite concert you were ever at. Oh, well, my favorite concert of all time was Neil Young Acoustic at the Greek Theater with him and his pipe organ. Oh, that, that does... Eight acoustic guitars. That sounds good. One of the most fantastic concerts. Beautiful. Ever, and a guy sat down next to me and he nudged me and he goes, Sugar Mountain, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just nod and go, yep. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing that that's what came to his mind. <laughs> well, if you said to him, Hemp Mountain, isn't it? I think it is. I think you're right on that one. <laughs> so if you're working around the house or, uh, well, since you don't have a car, it wouldn't be your car. What's your favorite tool to work with? can't go wrong with the vice grips there <laughs> it was our tv channel turner too that's very vegas that too ch- uh, that was our channel changer the old <laughs> vice grip. yeah with the big clunk clunk yeah i remember that okay if somebody's buying if we're sitting around and somebody's buying drinks what are you having i'm having uh cristal rose oh look at you and the last question on our big 10 myspace facebook or twitter what's working for you oh face twitter (laughs) (laughs) you know what that's an idea let's run with that all right we need to start that louis thank you so much i really appreciate it you're a gentleman and a champ and everybody stand up boot camp this weekend in seattle kyle cease louis anderson we'll have a link on our web page louis thank you so much northwest convergence zone with big d big d a real pleasure thank you louis I just want to say I can't thank Louie enough for coming on with us. I really appreciate his heart. Yeah, he's I really got, love what he's he's more than just a comedian. Yeah, let's way talk, more. Than let's that. talk about that for a second because he mentioned we talked to him about his hero project. Great project, and he's looking to branch that out. It, it's right now it's it's um, only in Minnesota, but he's looking to move to Vegas mm-hmm. and uh, different cities and branch it out. And he made an offer to our listeners. That if you donate, and he didn't put an amount on it, but I'm going to say, let's donate at least 25 bucks. Yeah. But or you, more. Or more, but at least 25 mm-hmm. He will mail you an autographed copy of the F word, How to Survive Your Family. And it's a, I've read it. It's a hilarious book. And we have a link on our main page to the hero site. And all you do is click donate now. Go to the donate page, click donate now, and then they ask for some information. You can do it right online with your credit card. And at the end, just say you heard about it on the Northwest Convergence Zone, and they will send you an autographed copy of Louis's book. That's a great thing to do. I'm writing. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I was gonna write a check and mail it off. But, but it's so easy on. It's so your... easy online. I, I'm gonna do it as soon as we're done here because yeah. Louis is a great guy. We support that. And in fact, we're talking about uh, maybe in a couple of months having a comedy night that is a benefit fundraiser for this project. So yeah. stay tuned for that. Speaking of stuff coming up, I don't think it's too early to start mentioning our Friday the Thirteenth 
gig and that's in august it's going to be at hell's kitchen and what a lineup we have we have the vile red falcons sweet kiss mama clover jane china davis and jar of flies the ultimate alice and change tribute band it's going to be friday the 13th starting at eight 10 bucks gets you in the door. That's all it is. 10 bucks, five bands. That's two bucks of bands. Come on, people. We can't do any better than that. And if you're at our birthday party and you got a hold of one of the lanyards, you show that at the door, you're in for five. I mean, it's going to be price. It's going to be a great night and Flash is all over it and we're going to have a good time. So we'll be talking much more about that later, but I just want to put that in your ear. All right. Our next guest, a stellar band. Very, very nice guys. They are on the track to, I think, superstardom once again. Um, you know, Jeff Angel was uh, obviously a fixture here in Tacoma, and this is his latest project. They came in here, and we had a conversation with them, and this is how that went. All right, everybody. Our next guest on the big show today is, uh, as I like to say, a stellar band, uh, an amazing band, and they are storming around the Northwest and uh, leaving people in their wake. I'm a big fan of this uh, this band right here. I want to welcome Jeff Angel and Benjamin Anderson in the missionary position. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Amen. All right. Uh, missionary position. You guys uh, have a, a CD out called Diamonds in a Dead Sky, and it is amazing, I have to say. It, Thank you very song much. Through, song to song, beginning to end, uh, there's no weak point, in my opinion. And the, the songwriting, I find, especially um, top-notch, it's, uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I highly recommend you go to the website, which you can link to off of our page, and we're also going to be playing some clips. But... The, um, the, the, the sort of bluesy, um, brooding kind of Tom Waits feel that comes across on that is um, we're not seeing that a lot in music today. It seems like it's kind of been a lost art for a while, and you guys are bringing it back. Do you have a particular passion for that, or is that just something that comes natural for you? I actually think that may be the... Uh if anybody out there is wondering what it is that's lacking in music today is the blues element, you know? I mean, blues meaning soul and passion, you know what I mean? Maybe even experience, you know? And I think that that's a problem, you know, with most... If anybody's finding... If, you know, if you're happy with what you hear out there, then, you know, God love you. <laughs> but if you're not, that might be what you're missing because personally, that's what... I, I've actually recently have been enlightened to the fact that that's the if music doesn't have that i'm really not interested and i took a while to boil it down because you know blues is that you know it's in a lot of different kind of music whether it's r&b or rock even rap or soul or rhythm and blues or gospel even country's got some blues in there absolutely and if it has the blues element then i like it if it doesn't if it's missing the blues element and gets too poppy or kind of like manufactured then I lose interest really quick. So, uh, now, as you said, blues comes in all forms. There's um, e even even under the category blues, you have like Chicago blues, you have Texas blues, you have uh, country blues, <clears throat> roots blues, all kind of things. Let's let's get to your definition of blues. Mm -hmm. Blue, is it blues as in a progression? Um, you know, like a 
eight bar, 12 bar progression? Are you talking, or are we talking blues as a, an emotion and a feeling? What would blues be to you? I think it's most, mostly the, uh, the feeling and the soul in there, but I think that there, there is definitely, you know, there's not so much the progression, but the, the scale, you know, if it's in the blues scale or the pentatonic scale, the black keys on the keyboard, you know (laughs) what I mean? If it's broken down like that. You found the minor pentatonic? Yeah. Well, if you have the, you know, you could slip the minor in there if you want a little, you know, throw a little, you know, flavor in there or whatever, but seems to me like a, I don't know, not to get too technical, but, you know, most music, if it, the backbone is the first and the fifth, then those mm-hmm. are in the minor, the major, and the pentatonic. But, you know, it's the the devil's interval, the, the <laughs> evil the evil notes in there that, you know, are the... Uh, the crossroads. Well, it's that slip thing, I think, that, you know, it's those notes that are back together that shouldn't technically work. Right. You know, and when right, you right. run, slide in... And out of those, I think that that's there's a lot of feeling that comes well, from that. You know, let's talk about your band as a whole. Let's uh, Benjamin's here and tell us about who else is in uh, the missionary position. We've got uh, Michael Alex is our drummer mm-hmm. and uh, Gregor Lothian. We like to call him. I think it's actually pronounced Lothian. <laughs> Lothian sounds more wicked. Yeah, well, it sounds more that he's for those of you on the YouTube. <laughs> he's the Lord of the Lothi. At least we'd like to create that for his... Uh, so and far, it's working he, out pretty it's good. It's working for good for him? Yeah. He's nice. on a saxophone. Very good. Very good. And tell us about um, how you guys came together, because I know uh, you know a couple of you guys were in the uh, post-stardom depression. Which, uh, that was just me. That was just you. Yeah. And uh, that was like, you know, we're proudly Tacoma. And we think of postpartum depression as kind of that missing link between maybe girl trouble and, you know, what's going on now. You guys carried that torch right there. You were the hottest thing going and had everybody in your pocket. And then I blew it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think you blew it. I just, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah, we did. Things happen. Uh, Uh, It was a great band. But I think and the missionary position has sort of taken up and gone into a, a different direction. Yeah. Uh, tell us about the, the get gathering of the band and sort of your, um, your collaboration for the music. Do you guys all share this feeling about the blues or is this like a, is this like your drive and everybody brings their own take into it and then we get what we hear? Oh, I think that everybody's in this band's got the blues bone, you know, but uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm more, akin to it than anybody else you know i mean i don't you know i don't want to get in a competition about who's the bluesiest (laughs) we have been known to argue about who's got the most blues on any particular day right not really depending on circumstances in life (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey we're talking about it let's listen to a little bit of a track right now missionary position our guest today this is when i get my hands on you Just out of reach 
Our guest today, The Missionary Position, and the name of that tune is When I Get My Hands on You. name of the CD is Diamonds in a Dead Sky. <clears throat> Let me just, um, I, you guys don't know this about me. I know a lot of people out there probably get tired of me mentioning where I'm from. I'm from Texas, and uh, I remember seeing ZZ Top when they were just like playing, you know. When they were ZZ Bottom. Yeah, when they were just go up and down I-10 from Houston to San Antonio and just playing these little roadhouses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, that, that reminds me a lot of their early days. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, th- that is definitely, that, that reminds me of the first time I heard Jesus Just Loves Chicago. Right. And, oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's very, very nice stuff there, you guys. I want to talk about your video real quick on your webpage. And you can also YouTube it or whatever. It's Let's Start a Fire. And it is an amazing video. And I told you guys a little bit about this before. I was checking it out. I'm sitting on the couch and my 17-year-old daughter sitting there. And um, I'm I'm watching it. She's not paying attention. And she hears the music first. And she's, who's that? Tell her. uh, Missionary position. They're coming in. Then she starts watching. And by the end, we're both transfixed. It's black and white video very raw and it's you know not a lot of flashy stuff going on but the emotion is there and by the end like i said you are drawn into what's going on and particularly you jeff you have a way of prancing and prowling and giving us they call me the prancer and and giving us prancer (laughs) (laughs) giving us your full emotion Uh, tell us about the video how it came to be and uh, what your thoughts are on it well, they were using film for quite a while, and uh, after film, it was kind of expensive to process it. So they invented this video thing, which is <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just well, you know, I don't. This day and age, it's like it's kind of difficult because I kind of don't really care for the video. You know, I'm like a video is kind of I think a human being's imagination in songwriting or if you, you know, there's a difference. You read a book and your imagination is your mind is such a powerful thing. It's kind of the best thing going is imagination. And so if you're reading a book and you can create, fill in all those voids and with your own ideas and experiences. And so video in some ways kind of distracts from that, but it's kind of like a necessary evil. So if it can get people into what you're doing, then it's a good thing. But there's also 
the fact that you will be haunted by that for the rest of eternity. So <laughs> yeah, it's forever there. Or it might be, you know, like you see these, you know, my mom going in to get glamour shots to get her picture taken when she's 40 because she's going to look better at 40 than she is <laughs> at 80. You know, she probably sits and looks at her, you know. Right, right, right. So, you know, there's something about that. But with making the video, we just wanted to get a here's our band in a room and and that's kind of you know which i guess if you know if people like it or if it's inviting or whatever then i guess that's cool because that's really just what we do when we people see a show right you know except for not the same song over and over we actually <laughs> <laughs> well I, th- I think it's a great video and Thank i think you. i think everybody should go check it out uh, i think but i think that that's the thing is is not trying to overdo it you know a lot of people if they're making a video and they don't have a budget and this and that they're trying they're trying to compete with you know a guy running in slow motion on fire down a street where all these different <laughs> calamities happen and it's just it's hard to do that without a budget right yeah I mean, or without you know physically harming yourself well you're you know? right i mean videos are weird because uh there was uh, when mtv first hit we were all blown away because we had never seen a video Mm-hmm. And it reshaped kind of the way uh, music was heard and seen and everything. And then it kind of went through this backlash, you know, where it was too flashy. Everybody was trying to outdo themselves. They became mini movies and everyone just got bogged down in it. And I almost I almost attribute Nirvana to bringing back the whole sort of raw video with their uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit where they were like, we're just going to be in a gym black and white. Yeah. You know, and it was just raw and it was like whatever. And we didn't know what the hell they were doing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, videos are. I thought it was the chicks with big breasts with the anarchy anarchy symbol. I don't know what video you were seeing. I saw some (laughs) shaggy little dude in the background and a bunch of hot chicks with pom poms, you know? (laughs) And Double D was paying attention to the janitor with a mop. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, hey, let's let's, uh, listen to another tune off of uh, the Missionary Positions Fine CD, Diamonds in a Dead Sky. This is Why Me, Why Now? Another sucker being born 
Alright, the name of the <clears throat> tune there is Why Me, Why Now? Missionary Position is our guest. Let's Start a Fire is the name of the CD. Uh, now, Jeff, you're a Tacoma guy. Yeah. Uh, where did you go to school? Well, I didn't go very often. But I... <laughs> where did you attempt to go to school? <laughs> I went to school down on uh, Commerce. And, uh... No, I'm just kidding. 6th <laughs> Avenue. No, uh... I went to uh, Lakes High School for a little bit, and then I... Went to Spanaway Lake for a bit uh, at a. I kind of bounced around mm-hmm. a little bit. I hit the ground running and never looked in back. Tenth grade, yeah. Well, you know, it was a having no place to live might have been <laughs> nicer than where I was living sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> and Benjamin, uh, tell us about yourself. Where Where are you from? I grew up in Arizona. Arizona, nice. Uh, this summer's got to be a bit of a killer for you, oh, being yeah. an Arizona boy. <laughs> and when did you how did you find your way to the northwest i uh made it to seattle in 93 uh with another band that i was playing in at the time called rorschach test and we were managed out of seattle and ended up making jump there from denver mm-hmm. that's actually when i met uh jeff we used to play in different bands back then that played together okay and uh, i knew back then that i wanted to work with them someday and uh you know it's nice to be have somebody as one of your best friends also uh, be one of your most uh, favorite singers in the world, you know? Oh, yeah. listen to that. That was nice. It's pretty good. Yeah, got a lot no, of love in this room. Yeah, there's a lot of I'm feeling it. It's the man cave. It's man love. It is. <laughs> uh, they have a word for all kinds of love. In different, you know, only in the English language well, is there just one, one word for love. You're you know, exactly I mean, right. if you went to uh, Italia... Or uh, Spanish, you know. Mexico, Spain, whatever. Yeah. Spanish. Even in Greek. Yeah, Greek, if you went to. All kinds. Uh, Spangland. Spangland, yeah. Over yeah. Spangland, they have it. <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> all right, uh, let me hip you guys to some shows that are coming up. Uh, chances to see Missionary Position. July 3rd, O'Henry's Pub in, uh, in Puyallup. Also on the 4th, and this one everybody should be at, down at the Freedom Fair here in Tacoma. And do you know what stage you guys are going to be on? I'm not sure, but I think we're on at 7 o'clock. Okay, so somewhere... It's called the Tacoma-centric stage. There's only a few called. stages. Be, be at one of them at 7. You're going you're gonna to check out the missionary position. And then also, one of our favorite places on the 10th of July at the Stone Gate, right down here on South Tacoma Way. And uh, we're, gonna, we're planning to be at that one for sure. So Please do. That's an all-nighter. That's an all-night event. Yeah. and uh, We so might give you a couple different positions. Not just the- <laughs> Start out with a missionary and move to other things. Yeah. Great, Lord great. knows where, we're, where we'll end up. No. And, <laughs> well, and I've been doing some yoga, so, I mean, it could get pretty interesting. Oh, all kinds of bending. And uh, yeah. you can do the snake and the cheetah <laughs> and whatever those are. <laughs> He's got a pretty wicked three-legged downward the, dog. The sphinx. <laughs> the tripod. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your song, All My Mistakes. I... I found that song fascinating for some reason. Um, it, it's uh, it's whoever's whoever's talking in this is really spilling their soul out. Yeah, and I'm just curious who who are we talking about in that? Uh, well, you know, it's funny is that's kind of a uh, it's a. I think that song began. I was writing my ex-wife letters from the road in postpartum depression you know it's and uh my i have a daughter and one day she's gonna have her menstrual cycle so i was writing her these red letters so like as a so when she becomes of age she can open these letters and it'll have 
it all, it's all in red paint pins and i sent them home so they're all stamped and stuff you know right, yeah yeah what are you gonna do if you're missing a third birthday and you're in freaking atlanta georgia or something it's a nice you know dad I mean? thing to do so anyways uh in the songs so it's like kind of like in a weird way it's kind of about you know you want to make it so it's like people it could be about whatever people want it to be about but it's like i think that that's where it kind of started you know and and i think that you know our marriage was kind of rocky at the time so the, mm-hmm. so i think that the you know maybe you don't really experience real love if you're a father yourself you know i don't when yeah. you when you have a kid then it's really you're like wow i've been i didn't even know what love was until that happens you know what i mean right. it puts a whole different kind of stretch on the deal so i think that it was kind of the longing for that you know some of the missing qualities was kind of directed actually towards my daughter but then i figured you know no man, that's kind of that's not as universal right. so it's like you know maybe the uh you know the purse you know so i do that a lot you know like some a lot of songs will be about four different people all in one and then you put it i put it together and it becomes like about something that's you know it's that's the blanks the holes is what you know you leave the holes for other people to fill in so maybe right now i'm even supposed to shut up and just you know let it, <laughs> but you know if people ask i mean that that's the truth yeah no what that's what that's interesting because it's a fascinating song i i think everybody can relate to it on mm-hmm. some level uh we've all made mistakes and it was just it was interesting to hear uh the list of different things and and how it played out in the song yeah and how you know it, as the narrator you're listing back these things and saying these are my mistakes and going forward and it was um we, we all have that it, like you said it's very universal uh, i was just curious myself as to you know what wh- where that came from yeah. and so that was that's very cool well that's the, the twist in there is that i think that that's funny is because the you know there's a sil- standing outside your window waiting for the silhouette and it's actually it's not waiting for the mom at all it was actually kind of you without being it's kind of a heartbreaker, but you know, I was being estranged at the time. Yeah. But then sometimes I drive. I didn't like the not living in the same house with my kids. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest part of the whole. thing. I mean, I was ready to move on from the right, right. relationship, oh, yeah. but yep. the kids, I didn't. You know, I didn't happen to pick up where that goes. And then, of course, when you, if you're a, a dude that's been spending time on the road with a bunch of greasy dudes all the time, and then you, <laughs> you know, like you know, there's a, you know, you learn how to be an alcoholic pretty quick. And <laughs> so, I'd, sometimes I go park out the kid's window and then just sit there and just to kind of be close to them when they weren't well anybody you know. who's been through that situation knows exactly where you're at my man yeah well all right well let's uh, listen to uh now if we could have a hug group hug. we will as soon as this is done <laughs> let's listen to another track this is where the wild winds blow of course our guest today the missionary position Yeah. 
the wild winds blow and that is some haunting uh soul searching deep stuff right there my man <laughs> that is some great stuff oh, i always hate when we come to the end because i have so many questions and i i love spending time with quality bands and you guys are certainly that uh just real quick let me ask you guys uh what instruments were you guys are playing the the keyboards and stuff that you're playing on there that whatever you got going on there that is some amazing stuff and the the tone and the sound you have coming out it just reverberates right through your soul right well that's i'm glad you think that (laughs) (laughs) really with the stuff that we do it's a journey to find what's serving the song best Mm -hmm. so it's not like the same instrumentation on everything and some things we do a lot of searching yeah. before we find what's really capturing it for us. He does a lot of searching. I really I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day. I but like then, that he likes. But, yes. But then other times, sometimes the first thing you arrive at is just right. And you could try all you want, but you can't recapture the energy of a first kiss sometimes. Right. Well, I like the passion in that. And uh, it, the, the work pay, has paid off. Oh, thanks. It's, it's amazing. What, what are we playing? Oh, you mean... You yeah, your to... instrument. What type, what type of instrument are you playing? What are you guys well, playing? Well, I think on that track, there is no guitar. I actually played the bass just because it was fun, yep. you know, with the fuzzy stuff. But, um, you know, there's a... He's playing the... He's got some crazy sine wave i don't even think that's an instrument it's actually pure tone with isn't that what it is yeah it's what pure tone is off of an oscillator or some right, shit right. you know and uh that's kind of the that's i think is the magic of what we do that's a little bit different than what post-stardom depression was doing is because uh ben's really passionate about the uh you know the mute the magic of the record the recording studio as an instrument and you know different instruments and different things because it's like you know like we were talking about earlier it's blues based mm-hmm. meaning from the scale but yeah. we're not in by any means are we trying to sound like a blues band in 1940s which is funny too you know because like people you have all these people that spend their whole career trying to sound like say the stones did in 1972 right but the fucking stones in 1972 they were trying to be as modern as they were That's they were right. you know what i mean they weren't trying to be revivalists now they no. brought their chuck berry in their muddy waters with them yep. but you know they were like whoa you got a see-through lucite guitar there right on Let's try <laughs> they're like what's that a fuzz pedal and they're Let's like, give it a shot you know yeah, what i mean exactly. they wanted to experiment and we're the same way you know it's like we don't ignore modern music or modern technology we like to use that but while maintaining the blues and soul element you know what i mean and i think that that's where people you know they think blues band you know there's gonna be a guy up there with a cool hat which yeah. of course there is but uh you know he's got the coolest hat you can imagine yeah. right now you can see it on our, on the video yeah but you know what i'm saying i, I, I understand you're gonna play yes. a harmonica and a dobro and right, you know that's right. the only way to play is blues and you know any as 
Well, at that point, you're not an artist. You're a revivalist. You know what I mean? Or a copycat. Because I think that being an artist is looking forward. It's not looking you know, backwards. Right. You know, I mean, unless you're, you know, drawing from experience to write a song, but like music creatively, you should be trying to move forward, not try to spin the wheels. You know, because how many records are out there? You know, and do you make new records? Why make new records? Because someone's got to speak for today. If you want a photograph of 1920, go buy a Duke Ellington record. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because the guy doing what... Music for 1920 today isn't going to do it as good as Duke Ellington was doing it. No, and back he was then. an innovator at that time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I also think that the, uh, well, for me, the blues is a lot of intent and where something's coming from and the way that it comes across and affects you. Mm-hmm. And I think in that way, the record that we made there, that one we've been listening to, is more of a modern interpretation of a blues record than even a rock record. Right. Well, I just go back to what Muddy Waters said. Blues is a feeling, and that's all it is. I like that. And uh, the result of all your hard work and and labor and trying to find the right tone and everything is an amazing CD. Let's start a fire. Our guest today, The Missionary Position, Jeff, Benjamin, you guys, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. And uh, we'll be catching up with you guys at the end of the show, and you're going to play a live set for us, and uh, we're excited about that. But thanks for coming in, guys. Thank you very much. All right. We want to thank missionary position for coming in and like we said later in the show at the end of the show they did a live in studio song that's going to knock your socks off so hang on for that great show a great uh song actually a lot of heart went into that song i think and no yeah it was it was you'll get to hear it but we actually got to see it and, and we'll have the youtube video up here eventually and you can watch it but it was it blew me away. It was mind-bending. It was an amazing experience just to watch them lay that track down. Yeah, and it's they a, meant it. It's a great CD. I recommend it to everybody. Diamonds in a Dead Sky. And go see them and buy that CD. You won't be sorry. Okay, hey, lots of festivals going on right now. And <laughs> as we know, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, went, we went to two yesterday. We're going to one tonight. And I mean, the, 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 everything's going on, man. The 4th of July festival's coming up in Tacoma and every community's having, you know, West Seattle Street Fair and, you know, the Burien Strawberry Festival, you name it. But there's one that's coming up that we're going to talk about right now that I think we should all go out and check out because it sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it right now. All right, everybody, I just want to uh, hip you guys to a really cool event that's coming up July 9th through the 11th. And, uh, you know, in the Northwest here, there's lots of stuff going on, lots of festivals. We just came off of Hemp Fest and the Taste of Tacoma, and every community's got something going on, and we're looking for something a little different, something fun to do that's a little out of the ordinary, and I think we found it here. Uh, White River Chainsaw Carving Championship. Like I said, July 9th through the 11th, I want to introduce Lady V and Cindy King. They're heading up this thing. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's good to have you guys here. So this is the second annual one. It's in conjunction with the Pacific Days, and this is down in Pacific. Tell people where Pacific is. On 167, you want to take the Algona Pacific exit. It is before Bonnie Lake 
and after Auburn. So it's not on the coast. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's close by. It's close by here to Tacoma. And I think the cool thing is there's going to be a beer garden and food. That's mm-hmm. right. That's always awesome. But the main thing is the chainsaw carving. And who doesn't like some chainsaw carving? To see all the guys out there revving up their chainsaws and, uh, you know, barreling down on some wood. And you have 12 competitors. Now, these are world-class competitors. Tell us about who's competing in this event. Well, we have uh, competitors coming from Oregon, Massachusetts, Washington, Belgium, Alaska, New York, and Iowa. Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Um, Real honored to have Luke Vries with us this year. Um, They'll be coming in. Um, It's a big honor to get invited to this event since there is only 12 people, and we have um, about eight guest carvers as well that will be coming, and they'll just be carving throughout the event and um, their stuff will be for sale and the other stuff will be judged. Yeah, so the main pieces that they're carving, like the big com- competition pieces, those aren't for auction. They're going to do some quick carvings of you know, some really cool stuff and then you'll auction them off each evening. Right. Everybody will want to be out there at 1045 for the quick carves each day. They have 75 minutes in which to create a sculpture and you would be shocked what they can do in 75 minutes. It's amazing. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's awesome. I can only imagine. Now, how long does it take them i'm looking at a picture on your website of some of these amazing sculptures that uh, these guys have carved out there's one with a tree with some eagles in it um looks like there's a big eagle or something on the on the back of a turtle and how long does it take them to actually carve out the ones that they are submitting for the judges they have 21 hours total over the three days okay and what time does this start each day Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock in the morning goes till? Five o'clock at night will be the auctions, and so we'll probably finish up, close the gates about seven. Plenty of time to drink beer and grab some food. Mm, You know it. Watch the chainsaw carving. Okay, uh, it's three bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. 12 and under you get in free that's great and tell us about the first one how to go last year and uh, do you make any changes for this year uh, what do you expect this year let's go with last year first what happened last year last year um was a we just went on the fly we didn't really know what we were getting into how big it was going to be how people were going to embrace it but we all last minute just t- talked about it put the posters out there, put the flyers out there, did all that we could and then hoped for the best. And it was phenomenal. It It was great. It turned out amazing. We had some news crews come out, which put us on the channel seven news and some of the other stations put a little blurb, but channel seven did a whole little thing on us. And we had people coming from Centralia all over the place to come up and watch. Any estimate on how many people rolled through uh, during those? Was it three days last week as well? Last year it was three. I mean last year. Yes. It was three days, and the the hard part about judging, figuring out how many people were there was because we had we only had us two people. <laughs> and it's hard Cindy, to do head counts. <laughs> yeah, and a, there was a kind of a back gate. So if you want to break right into what we changed, we changed the location in the park where we're at. We wanted to have a grand entrance where you could see, you know, here's where you go, and of course the beer garden will be a pole right there because we're gonna put it up by the front. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that way we'll bring the whole family out. It's Pacific Days is kind of geared around being free for the family and getting the family out together. And it's it's not always easy to get both parents out there, but we thought if we had a beer garden, we'd get the know, dads, get the dad there, and then mom the mom and the, the kids, kids could go pay, spend money or play games. And 
Everybody's so, happy. Now, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, I have not been to this chainsaw carving competition, but I've seen some. And at, out at the fair, they usually have some people out there doing demonstrations and stuff. Is there, uh, in a competition, is there some sort of limit as to what type of chainsaw, how many chainsaws they can have with them, how many they can start up and use? Or, or is it just it's open to whatever they can you know, start up and use. It's pretty much open to anything they can use. The guys will cut, put a special bar onto the chainsaws, um, a special size to, to get into areas that are a little hard, harder with a, a standard chainsaw. We allow power tools, chisels, whatever they can use to get quickly the vision that they have, but they have a time limit in that three days in which they have to have it done. Great. Oh, I can't wait to come out and see it. Um, now, tell the people out there, all of the most important things about this because we want everybody to head out to Pacific July 9th through 11th for this chainsaw, the White River Chainsaw Carving Competition. What do they need to know? What's the most important thing? And what are you recommending for them? Come out to Pacific with your family. See what we're all about. We're not just an exit off 167. <laughs> we're not Algona and Pacific. We're Pacific and now Algona is on the other side of the street. And soon we might be a bedroom community kind of thing of Auburn. But um, we're really just trying to support the community. I'm with the Pacific White River Valley Lions Club, who since last year we were um, sponsored pretty much by the city and they were kind of stepping back a little bit, although they've helped us a lot in funding for advertisement this year. But um, everything, any proceeds that are made from this event go right back into the community. And, and I think that's a win-win for everybody. We great. all have a good time. You get to enjoy some great art. It is extreme art. It amazes me still. I th I've been in the Northwest all my life. I've seen people <laughs> use chainsaws. I know all about that. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was surprised. And Cindy always tells me, oh, she, boy, she has the eye. She has the eye to tell me what to look for because you don't even think about it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um I would suggest that everybody check out our website and, you know, you can get directions and see some of the pictures and see what you're, you know, what you and can And that website there. is whiterivercarving.com. Exactly. Yes. And we will have a link to that off of our main page. And awesome. we have a commercial that will be coming out here on the 30th, I believe. That'll be through Comcast and a couple different networks, which that's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And For the second year, we have... <laughs> <laughs> all these great things so I can't imagine amazing so chainsaw carving really has grown over the years my husband started about 13 years ago and um, it's it was kind of the side of the road thing kind of started out the the woodsman up in the woods would carve chairs and stuff while they wa were waiting for the the crummies to come and give them a ride back down um, chainsaw carving is one of the things that was believed to be created in the United States most things come from other countries but we can put you know, chainsaw carving ours. is ours. Yeah, and you yes. know, it's moved to. We've competed all over the world. There's competitions in Japan, Australia, Germany, England, Scotland, Holland, Denmark, Canada, and of course the United wow. States. And I've I've gone with my husband to almost all. And of And your them. husband is Bob King. Bob King, one of the most decorated, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, won more he's, competitions than anybody in the world. At absolutely, this point. he's an amazing guy. And uh, Google up his name if you want to see some of his carvings and find out about Bob King. Amazing guy. Okay, ladies, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Thank Everybody, you. July 9th through eleventh 
in the great city of Pacific. It's not just a speed trap anymore. <laughs> White <laughs> River true. White River Chainsaw Carving Championships. It's in conjunction with uh, Pacific Days. Three bucks to get in. Twelve and under free. There is a beer garden. There is food. Lots of chainsaws and great carvings. We'll see you guys down there. Thanks, ladies. Thank and now it's time for our weekly update with what's going on at Hell's Kitchen. And here's Flash. This week, like every week at Hell's Kitchen, we kick things off on Tuesday at 4 p.m. with Tightwad Tuesday. This is Tacoma's best Taco Tuesday, hands down. $2 wells, $2 for any beer. That's right, any beer. And $2 for two huge tacos, which come in beef, chicken, or veggie. Wednesday, June 30th, we have a free show with Death Valley Murder Squad, Kids on Fire, A Sick End, and Nothing You'd Like. And of course, $6 pictures of PBR all night long. Thursday, July 1st, come check out Body Box, Foxy Vallejo, and Dave Hannon. We have $4 Jaeger bombs all night cover starts at eight but it's only three bucks friday july 2nd we have the northwest own tool tribute 46 and 2 with the return of tacoma's own lurid and also pariah's revolt opens the show dj Bellori will be filling your ears before and between the bands we will also be raffling tickets for a drawing to win a pair of tickets to the sold out tool concert in seattle on july 10th you can get raffle tickets all all week long for this at hell's kitchen and you need not be present to win the drawing will take place during 46 and 2 set friday night saturday july 3rd we celebrate with a free show featuring some of Tacoma's hardest working bands. Headshot, Mechanism, Careless Eaters, Silent Epidemic, and Enemy Action. How can you pass up a free show? Hell's Kitchen is located at 928 Pacific Avenue in downtown Tacoma. We open at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays and 6 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. Happy hour 6 to 8 p.m. If you have booking or rental inquiries, contact Flash at flash at hellskitchenonline.com. Hell's Kitchen, 928 Pacific Avenue in Tacoma, serving up rock since 2002. So everybody head down to Hell's Kitchen. I mean, uh, free shows, great uh, drink specials and so forth. It's one of our favorite tacos. Hangouts. Yeah, tacos, dude. I'm down there for that, man. Yeah, I'm all for tacos. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to thank Flash and uh, everybody check out Hell's Kitchen. You can also click on our, our main page. We have an ad for them. You can click it. It'll go to their website and you can check out all that stuff. They always have great shows at Hell's Kitchen. So, uh, but before we get out of here i just i want to say this about louis uh louis anderson um i met him when i went to vegas a few months ago and had a little chat with him and he said he would come on the show and i you know you hear that a lot from people but the fact that he actually followed up on it really meant a lot to me and then when we were done with that interview he actually had some really nice things to say about us and our show and everything. And I, I don't want to get into it, but I just want to thank him for that because it really, really meant a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And uh, I know it's summertime and we're, we're, everybody's busy. The fact that you would spend a few moments with us, we greatly appreciate it. And this is, as always, the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. And as promised... This is a great song called All My Mistakes, done live in the cave by the Missionary Position. We'll see you guys next week. Here's to everyone who knows everything. Here's to everything all the time. Here's to that weak, insignificant voice in the back of my mind. I've been standing outside your window Waiting for your silhouette 
I've been throwing my nights away Just trying to Heaven have mercy. 
This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.